Welcome to this edition of Free Speak, a podcast of the Namibia Media Trust, and I'm Gwen Lister. Today we're going to be talking about the agenda against the media. The media has an anti-government agenda. How often haven't you heard this phrase? Especially in regard to what has become known as the fishrot files, with the revelations of corruption on a grand scale coming at a time of Namibia's national and presidential elections. The expose of the Namibian, as a result of a collaborative cross-border journalistic investigation after a WikiLeaks document dump, has already resulted in huge fallout, both here and further afield. Among others, the resignation of two cabinet ministers and other top officials, and the arrest of former fisheries minister Bernard Esau over the weekend, and of course his subsequent release and another businessman over the weekend. Yet government, and most notably President Hager Geingob, seems to be focused more on the timing of the story than the actual revelations, claiming it was designed to disadvantage Swapper in Wednesday's elections. With me today to talk about these allegations and the broader issue of the importance of independent journalism speaking truth to power, is someone who's at the center of these attacks. Tangeni Amupadi, editor of The Namibian. Welcome, Tangeni. Thank you, Gwen. Firstly, Tangeni, just to get right to the heart of things, does The Namibian have an anti-government and more specifically an anti-Gangob agenda? Um, You would uh, know better than me since The Namibian was started during the apartheid days. I think that speaks for itself. Do we have an anti-government agenda or do we play our role as journalists, which means to provide information to the public, information that would help each individual to assess and choose their leaders based on what they do. So. I don't think I have to try and defend the Namibian about what it does. We would remember also that in 2001, during Sam Nuyoma's government or administration, the Namibian was banned. Um, The government decided they were not going to advertise in the Namibian. The government decided they did not want to buy any copy of the Namibian newspaper. The only reason they put forward is that the Namibian was too critical of what they were doing. And I think for us, our role is to be critical. Our role is to point out what is happening in society. Thanks, Tangeni. And and I suppose it comes down to the issue of independent journalism uh, speaking truth to power and that the Namibian would do the same regardless of who was in government. They would hold them to account. Indeed. There's, um, there's been this perception, and it's come a long way, really, that we deliberately are harsher towards President Gaingov than any other president before. Clearly, these are people who haven't even gone back in the archives, gone back in history, and look at our reports 
of any leader in power. We have always taken on what we get and report on that, good or bad. It didn't matter to us. It doesn't matter to us. It may also be a case of what they call confirmation bias. People who believe that somebody or a newspaper has a prejudiced approach and then seeking to find the evidence to make that true. Indeed. But Tangini, perhaps to go on to one of the most key issues, which is the timing of this, the fish rot files or these reports that are coming and will continue, we think, to come out next week's. Please speak to the president's allegation that this was deliberately timed in view of the upcoming elections. Um, unfortunately, we as journalists can't play at the same platform, political platform, and just make statements as the president does. Because clearly, one of the points that any listener, any audience should be asking is, when would have been the right time? We started covering this story in 2013, and in 2014 we reported on how the Minister of Fisheries um, has appointed a closely related person to his family, that is a cousin of his son-in-law to head up Fish Call. Mm -hmm. So we've over the years kept, we've persisted with this story. In fact, as long ago as two months ago, in early October or late September, we again reported on this Angolan deal. So I don't know when, when then would that timing have been right. 2014 was wrong timing, 2015 was wrong timing, 2016 wrong timing. Um, I wouldn't understand what where that comes from except that it's people or at least the president in this case want to deflect from the real issue mm -hmm. the state organs have not taken action and now that it's election time they are now starting to take action and be seen as acting against corruption when they have been ignoring all the telltales for years so the timing is not our issue. In fact, I'm sure the audience are intelligent enough. Our audience, our readers and other audience are intelligent enough to know whether we are just fixing a story. What journalist, what reporter would hold on to explosive material to time a story for a specific period? It doesn't work like that. Then we would be scooped by other media. Yeah. In fact, that's exactly why we didn't want to hang on to this. Other, yeah. other media organizations around the world um, decided to hold the story until after the elections. We thought, gee, a story is a story. Does it check out? Is it correct? Have we done our work? Have we done our due diligence? We put out the story when, when it's necessary. Thanks, Tangeni. And in actual fact, you've anticipated my next question, which was going to be that, in fact, this is the Namibian should really take ownership of the story, although it's now become this huge thing with international media involved. You have been working tirelessly at the revelations around this 
since 2013-2014. And I think at the time, if I remember correctly, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, um, much of the reaction to your early reporting around this, when the warning signs were there, was very dismissive from government, and even from the broader public, who seemed to think, well, you know, is this the Namibian? Is it a big thing? Is it? And now that it's become this major international story with the WikiLeaks documents dump, suddenly people are taking you seriously. But I think it's true to say you guys started the ball rolling. I remember a, an exchange between our uh, lead investigative reporter, our head of the investigative unit, Shinovene Emmanuel, and an editor of another newspaper. Um, I will probably be better advised not to mention that. But the editor of this other newspaper in Namibia uh, criticized our reporting and asked Shinovene, so what's, what's the big deal about the minister appointing a, 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 a relative of his son-in-law? Um, and then, isn't it great that government is actually giving fishing quotas to fish call and the Angolan government because then the, the fish and the proceeds of that would go straight to a, a government entities. Fish call is a, a, a state-owned company. And in that exchange, uh, Shino kept trying to point out why are we so blind to the fact that the minister is actually going beyond his powers. Why are we so blind to show to the issue that Fishcourt has been fa as a failing entity that has not even put out any uh, audited reports? Why are we ignoring the fact that these deals are being done clandestinely? If they were so clear, kosher, why are they not being opened up for pu to public scrutiny? So exactly. it's, it's unfortunate that it has had to take uh, a collaboration, cross-border collaboration, which is great for us because we really were struggling to get some of the, of the material. Um, and perhaps this takes us back again to timing. Already last year, from what we understand, the same material were provided to the investigating authorities, the ACC, the police, and perhaps even state house. Yeah. So the authorities have ignored all this material and therefore to turn uh, their anger towards us as the Namibian is just completely a misplaced uh, action from, from SWAPO, from the president, and from those who think we are just uh, targeting SWAPO and its, and its leaders. And I think you make a very good point on that, uh, especially regarding the timing, Tangeni, because I think it was much earlier this year, was it in January, that the Angolan government actually took action uh, once the story started coming out and, and did actually uh, fire a minister for being implicated in the scandal, whereas our government and the ACC in particular just didn't do anything about it. So, as you say, they certainly can't prove that this was timed um, to, to discredit SWAPO during the elections. Or maybe they were trying to keep it under wraps until after the elections, but 
for a year before elections, um, they definitely had a lot of time to act. And I think this is something members of the public and on social media are actually asking. You know, how long did government know about this and why haven't they done anything? So again, I think kudos to investigative journalism, both here and cross-border, for actually bringing this to our attention, not only in Namibia, because again, the president I see is, is saying, well, why is nobody focusing on Iceland? I think we clearly are. And I think the documentary that's just been released by the um, Icelandic Broadcasting Service is clearly proof that certainly there is impact in Iceland and people are very concerned about what they call Iceland's innocence being lost with its uh, involvement in this huge fishing scandal. Tangeni, perhaps on a slightly different note, um, in this post-truth era we're living in, politicians and other powerful people under scrutiny obviously um, often deliberately divert and confuse public opinion by claiming that media reports unveiling graft are mere disinformation or what they call fake news, although I really dislike that term. How do we convince the broader public of the benefits of good journalism and the fact that it underpins their democratic right to know as well as informs their own opinions? How do we get them from the clickbait of social media to take real journalism seriously again? Um, I, I have uh, no reason to underestimate the intelligence of, of the public, of the general public, of the broader public. Um, I think we just need to keep doing the work that we do because it helps the audience out there appreciate when to hold on before they retweet put on Facebook, forward by WhatsApp or other social media or SMS information that they get. Uh, a rumor is, is a rumor and someone, uh, some uh, people like us are in this role exactly because not everyone in society has the time, mm -hmm. has the resources, has the know-how to check, to verify um, and to suss out what information is credible and what is of, of public, public interest, of public good. So I think we, the, we need to perhaps as journalists keep going out there, um, talking to our audience, helping them appreciate. And I think at some point we, we will have to start having maybe face-to-face -face meetings to explain to the audience how did we come across this story? How did we go about it? Uh, that way we help educate society on how better to, to discern what information they get and from what sources. Exactly. And to explain to them the role of journalism, which I think there's often a bit misunderstanding. But I'm sure you'll agree also, Tangeni, that maybe this new digital age has also caused, not just here but around the world, a kind of a lowering of standards of, of, of journalism in traditional or what they call legacy media, mainly because I suppose they're trying to compete uh, in an era where it's difficult to sustain also with the social media of this world. So it's very important to obviously keep enhancing 
professional standards of journalism so that people know we can win back that public trust if we ever lost it. I don't think we did, but some of it. Um, and, and then just make sure that people go back to tried and tested sources of information. Right. I don't think the audience or the public have lost trust in journalism. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, we, we will not be sitting here talking yeah. about our work. Um, what has maybe happened is that a lot of people are confused about the medium that they are receiving their information from. Um, and the, the more we keep doing our work correctly, the easier it is for ev everybody and anyone out there to know to wait and see whether the Namibian has got that story. Oh, no, exactly. Or not even wait, but call us and say, exactly. we're picking up information on this. You guys have the tools, you have the resources, you have the time. This is your profession or your craft. Can you check it out for us? I think we, we probably just need to help the audience understand that we are in reach and we have to make it easy for them to reach us at any given stage. Exactly. And to also perhaps help, um, if you like, um, people to understand that there is a lot of disinformation out there and we see it quite prolifically during this, this election campaign, uh, a recent uh, audio purporting to be the BBC uh, that was put out on WhatsApp, I believe, trying to discredit one of the presidential candidates is a kind of example. And I think people were really confused. It sounds like the BBC <laughs> and exactly that. Um, these people who are putting together this disinformation are often using the media as the messenger. Yeah. And, and I think it's happened with the Namibian before and certainly with other newspapers here where they've used their logo and so on to show that it is a report from the Namibian. So again, people need to verify and be on their toes that they don't just believe everything that comes across their, their smartphone. Indeed, I think we need to strengthen um, the public's appreciation to see which are the genuine sources of their information and which, which are fake. And there are fake ones, for sure. Um, just last month or the month before last month, um, there was a, a report circulating that some retail stores are shutting down and they use the Namibian That's right. That's right. Uh, to, as, as the source of that story. Correct. Um, which clearly was completely false. So Absolutely. I think the, the better our uh, audience or the public understand what is genuine and what is not. I mean, the more they understand, the more they know how to check the better. Yeah. Um, but we are always available to help the public descend that. Yeah. And again, Tangeni, just to quickly revert back to what you said in the beginning, um, the early reporting of the Namibian 2013-2014 on the start of what was really turned out to be this fish rot files or fish rot saga is um, come, brings us back to the question at the time that Largely speaking, if I recall, the politicians tried to discredit that reporting and say it's not true. It's just the Namibian with their anti-government agenda. And somehow the people went quiet. So again, it's very important. Had the public been more wake up at the time, they might have insisted on started asking their own questions and demanding that government account 
for the kind of moves that started shifting strategic relatives of ministers into certain um, powerful sectors and things like that. So hopefully this fish rod saga will also wake up people to say, hang on, sometimes it's not, this isn't the report, it started way back and you didn't see those warning signs or you believed the politicians yeah. when they said um, it's just the Namibian trying to dis discredit the government. Yeah, unfortunately, the the politicians and people in power have got these state resources and are able to get out there and talk to the public better than what we where can where we can reach as journalists. But hopefully, again, as as you pointed out, hopefully this scandal that has now spent uh, different continents is going to uh, uh, let the audience again not to have their not to put their guard down when these reports are, 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 are issued I mean in 2015 or 16 the high court ruled that Minister Esau, Fisheries Minister Esau was giving fish quotas to fish call outside of his legal powers. Right. We reported on that, we wrote an editorial calling for Esau to be removed. We were completely dismissed. Um, and then it kept going and we kept on reporting on this issue, yet oh. it was dismissed out of hand. In fact, uh, the president preferred to say he leaves it up to the institutions to investigate. But clearly that shows we are not even willing to take proactive measures because those were already signs. When the minister is changing the laws to give himself more power, and the parliamentarians just go Ignore with that. Mm. that. That just shows we are not taking the right steps. It didn't need to reach this, this stage. Right. The signs are already clear. The loopholes have been pointed out. Why, sh why weren't those loopholes closed a long time ago already? And in fact, they opened up more loopholes. Yeah. And that's where we are now, sitting with exactly. a lot of... Namibian resources, by some estimates, as much as 2.5 billion uh, Namibian dollars has been lost in this in this whole saga. Yeah. And I can assure you, there is much more, not just in fisheries. No. Exactly. I was just going to say that Tangeni, that had people taken your early reports more seriously and acted, that we could have saved an awful lot of money that could have been diverted into real development in, in, in Namibia. Um, and uh, obviously the longer it went on, the longer the, the pillaging uh, continued. And as you rightly say, this is just the fishing sector. What about our other resources? But I'm sure that's a chapter for another day. Tangeni, I think also one of these things that the public probably needs to understand more is the difficulties that our journalists face especially with regard to investigative journalism, and you hinted at it earlier, and to try to investigate stories like this one, when a government holds its cards to its chest, 
it fails to, to realize that the information they hold is in trust for the people. It's not their information, it belongs to the people. We obviously, some of us are, are campaigning for an access to information law. The genuine to, one. To, exa a good one, I always say, to, to kind of um, ensure government uh, does give the information. And obviously the quality of journalism will improve if there's a more open and transparent government uh, willing to give the information journalists need. So maybe you want to say something about how journalists in investigating this particular story have dealt with secrecy and people closing off and saying no comment and I don't want to speak to you. Was it very difficult? Let the public understand just what you have to do to get that story in the paper. It's really tough. Um, we have had to go behind the scenes. Uh, we have had to beg officials who work with this material to please give us, uh, share with us this uh, information, even though Nowhere in law is some of this information considered public. As actually, by, by law, um, all those who are getting fishing rights and fishing quotas, just like people getting farmland, should be published. It should be public information. But boy, try getting that information. And all you get is, why do you want this information? I said, it's public information, yes, but... What do you want to use it for? Well, the public just needs to have it. Oh, well, write to the minister and then they ignore. So it's, it's so difficult yeah. because even officials are afraid to, to share this information. Questionably though is why is it taking our government forever? Um, President Semriyoma was clear. He was against journalism most of the time. He didn't want information out. Pohamba the same. President Gangkok should expect us to criticize him when he says, your access to information law will be passed within my first year in power. We are going for his second term and still we, we don't see access to information. And access to information, by the way, as far as I'm concerned, is not about journalists getting exactly. access to information. Exactly. It's about the public. Every individual should be able to walk into a government office and request information and get it. Actually, the government should have proactively put up that information where it can easily be reached. Nowadays, we have digital technology and that, that's what they should do. Yes, it's, it's that's this kind of issues that make you make one believe that there is a deliberate attempt to make the work difficult for journalists Correct. specifically and Correct. for the public in general. And I think it's important uh, for the public to know because journalism after all is in service of the public. We're not trying to serve our own agendas or anything like that. It's to really to inform people to the best of our ability. Yes, yes. and on that point Gwen, it's always I always like to point out, and it's important for the public to know, the Namibian specifically is not owned by any individual. We don't make money to pay Gwen's dividends. We don't make money to have Tangani sit in luxury. Most of the money that we make when we make a profit is plowed back. That's why you see we, we 
keep the newspaper as cheap as possible. We find ways to distribute information for free. So the public really should know that they own this uh, newspaper and this news organization and therefore should be able to help us whenever we, whenever we, we need such help, such push. Thank you, Tangeni, and I think you've just mentioned uh, the topic for another podcast one of these days to talk exactly about that, which is often something the, pap- uh, the people don't realize that the Namibian actually is a trust and there are no owners and no shareholders who get money out of, out of the newspaper. But I look forward to chatting uh, to you about that. Finally, Tangeni, just to get back to fish rot, it's still unfolding. We've got an Al Jazeera documentary apparently slotted for the uh, 1st of December. Um, sadly, as we mentioned earlier, it's not just our fishing resources that are threatened by abuse and exploitation. This probably manifests in other key sectors as well. Mining, for sure. Mining and things like that. So, I mean, the public are already asking those in questions. If this is happening in the fishing sector, what is happening in other sectors? So I think at the end of the day, clearly, I'm sure you agree, it is such a tragedy that these resources, because had they be, if you talk those amounts of, what was it, 2.5 billion, billion, Mm -hmm. what could we have done to improve the daily lives of Namibians in terms of education, healthcare, whatever it may be. Instead, that's gone into the pockets of a couple of greedy individuals and into offshore banks in Dubai and elsewhere. So, I mean, it is an absolute tragedy, but it seems to me that finally people are starting to wake up to, to, to know that it's not just the media and the government can no longer just say the media are feeding you disinformation. Um, this is the truth of what is happening in Namibia today. But my last question to you is, obviously, this is still unfolding. A lot of people are talking about what's still to happen. Are more heads going to roll? Do the tentacles of this particular fish rot scandal reach further than those couple of people that we've already seen identified? Can you give us a bit of a teaser as to what we can expect in the weeks going forward? So far, we, uh, in fact, for a long time, we have had information that the tentacles reach much further than what's, what's been revealed. But we always have to do our painstaking uh, work. We have to go through the painstaking process of making sure that we know what we are talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some people will come to view other reports uh, as Al Jazeera they might even see more coming out of it, which we too will be reporting on very soon. Good. And my last question to you, Tangeni, as we close, is just your personal feelings about this whole fish rot saga. I mean, I think that there's already skepticism out in the broader public when we look at the weekend's arrest of Esau and then his subsequent release because the... um, arrest warrant uh, was invalid. Uh, People are thinking maybe is this going to be, are they going to succeed in covering this up? Or are we really going to out those responsible and bring change to the fishery sector so that if we at the end have any fish left in our ocean, that this can be utilized now truly, really and truly to the benefit of our people. What's your feeling on that going forward? Is government serious? Can we expect them to act? I don't think the government has got the political will to shut the loopholes. 
Um, our stance is that the corruption is systemic. It's in the system. It's not about the individuals like uh, uh, Minister of Fisheries, ex-Minister of Fisheries, ESO. The Namibian and other media, again, the Namibian broke the story in the 90s of the wedding of uh, former Minister Iambo. May his soul rest in peace. But already then, those were the tell, telltale signs that the, there are so many loopholes within the law. Mm. Why do we dish out fish, fishing licenses and fishing quotas to whoever we choose based on a criteria that is so opaque? Why give out these fishing quotas as if you are giving out sweets? Exactly. Already that in itself... Um, make make itself susceptible to corruption. That is why exactly. a quarter mm. of parliament have fishing fishing quotas. It's actually shocking, rights. and you never so hear them declaring how, those interests. Uh, how will they ever? Well, this is actually what we know. These are declared interests. Mm. Oh, okay. So then there would be much more, many more who would hide those fishing quotas in their proxies exactly. of their distant cousins and so on. But already, how do you expect such lawmakers to close the loopholes when they exactly. know they can make money for doing nothing? Zero. Most of them doing nothing. Um, that is why you find these guys in the fish rod scandal, oh. and they are paid consultation and advisory fees Consulting and advising experts in the fishing industry. That's like Tangeni as a journalist exactly. advising a lawyer <laughs> on legal matters. It's already that shows that there's a lot of really underlying systemic rot that needs to be cleaned up. And unfortunately, I'm not so sure without the public going at it, pushing, being persistent, I'm not so sure this will be cleaned up. Exactly. And also, I mean, I think the pretense obviously is that these fishing quotas given to community-based organizations and so on is simply a pretense, simply that. And really, they're being gobbled up by greedy locals and, and greedy foreigners, let's say, um, in other countries who really want our fish. Uh, Tangeni, I'd like to thank you very much for chatting today. And I'm sure I hope people will enjoy this discussion. And I look forward to chatting you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.